The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barker here, the host of the New Grad Physio podcast. Today's episode, I want to focus in on the shoulder. It's probably the joint, uh, probably alongside the lower back, I get asked the, the most questions about, and 100% is the joint that I get most questions about in terms of rehab. Uh, it's without question from terms of upper limb, and I include the neck when in terms of the upper limb, it's the, the joint that so many therapists, particularly new grads, really, really struggle with. And if you've ever you know, tested a shoulder, assessed a shoulder, whether that's on a placement, whether that's you know a, a real-life pain patient, you will know that it sometimes can be tricky. And assessing and making sense of what's going on with your patient's symptoms is not quite what we were told at university. It's not quite what the our lecturers and the textbooks told us a shoulder would be like. And one of the big issues with the shoulder is is we know it's really well evidenced that overall, you know, the shoulder special tests, you know, the tests that we might use specific to try and find uh, and differentiate between different pathologies are inherently pretty poor at the at the shoulder. They're not that sensitive and they're not that specific. If you look at the shoulder compared to other um, peripheral joints like like the knee, like the ankle, even even some of the spinal injuries that we see. And if you've not got a whole lot of experience, if you've not you know if you've not seen thousands of of shoulder injuries, it's no surprise then that you're probably going to find this you know shoulder joint and shoulder injuries that you will see in the clinic quite difficult to to deal with it. And because you can't make sense of things because Maybe the results you get in are very inconsistent. Some patients you see might seemingly get better with your interventions, your hands-on work, your rehab. Some patients, you know, may not really improve and and you know or improve a little bit usually at the start, which is quite common, but then then plateau quite quickly. Some of the patients you see might actually get worse. Some of the rehab that you give them sometimes even you know low 
low intensity and, and low effort rehab can sometimes flare patients up with shoulder pain um, quite easily, even though you've not actually given them that much that much to do. And part of this problem is relates back to the assessment one hundred percent. Is actually making sense about what's going on. And the issue we have with the shoulder is because the special tests are so poor, we can't really rely on them, and we need to do a great job with the with the rest of the objective assessment, which is something that I think particularly as a new graduate you might overlook. I think. Uh, and I think this is an error in, in how we're taught that there's often too much of a reliance on special testing to diagnose injuries. And that's not just at the shoulder, that's throughout the body. I want to clarify that a little bit. So clearly, if you've got um, instability, if you've got an injury like an ACL, an MCL, even some gross instability at the shoulder, testing for instability is important. But... Special testing for, again, if we look at the shoulder, for, you know, things like a bank heart lesion, a slap lesion, um, you know, long-headed biceps problem at the shoulder is almost impossible. If you look at all the evidence, all the, spe- all the special tests that you can use to differentially diagnose between these different, different issues, um, they're not great. So, again, that can lead to a, a lack of clarity for you. As the physio about what's going on with your patient's um, patient shoulder, so I think if we can use special tests to help with our you know diagnosis, if that's going to help us to make sense of what's going on, then then use them. But with joints like the shoulder, you may find that you know they don't add much to the picture. They don't add much to the equation, and in in some cases, a lot of therapists that I speak to. When they try to go through a battery of shoulder tests to try and improve sensitivity um, and make what they're doing more specific in terms of their their objective testing at the shoulder, often this additional information actually causes more confusion. And the crux of all that is, again, with any special testing, if it's not going to change what you do in terms of your management, if it's not going to change what you do in terms of the treatments you may offer, the rehab that you might do with your patient, then why are you doing them? So unless you need to do that special test, then you should always reason, as with any test in an objective assessment, as to you know why am I doing this test and what am I actually looking for? So it's sometimes quite hard as a new grad to be able to have that that level of reasoning, but you know it's logical. It's you know it's. It's about following a systematic um, plan in terms of how you actually structure an objective assessment. Because what you don't want to do is just carry on regardless and you know just just smash through your objective assessment, do all these tests, get to the end of it, and genuinely have no idea about what's going on. And and what that leads you know to feel like you know that that confusion. You're almost in a state of panic, and then ultimately. Um, because of maybe your lack of the experience, because you feel a bit of a panic, you'll often give your patient the the wrong type of exercises, advice, education, um, and ultimately that's not going to help your patient. They're, they're not going to improve, they're not going to get better, and that is why your patient may come back the week after or the, the week after that um, having not made much of uh, an improvement. So... I want to give you some help, uh, and I think one of the things that I that I want to make really clear is I don't actually do 
that many tests at the shoulder. And what I do is rely on um, the more basic parts of my shoulder assessment to give me all the information that I need. I actually only do typically one shoulder special test, which is an apprehension test. And the reason I would do that for a glenohumeral joint problem is to see if there is some degree of instability. Because if a patient I was you know, looking after or an athlete I was assessing had instability, that might take me down a different path. I may be thinking about imaging, you know, I may be thinking about second opinion, go to see a consultant, etc. etc. But if they're not, you know, unstable, you know, and there's not something potentially sinister going on, then they're gonna be doing rehab. You know, I'm gonna be treating them, I'm gonna be rehabbing them, and you know, whether that is a slap problem, a biceps tendon, a bank out problem. The rehab I do um, is probably not going to be that too much different. But what it is going to be is based upon the, the problems that I find during the objective assessment. And that's a big, big difference. So a diagnosis is not the problem. A diagnosis is the structure that's causing your patient's pain. That might be the long head of biceps. It might be a slap lesion. It might be an anterior you know, 10 to 2 o'clock bank art injury in the shoulder. A problem is pain a problem is reduced shoulder flexion a problem is pain lifting the arms overhead they're the problems and as therapists we don't treat a slap lesion you know a biceps tendon problem a bank out tear we treat the problems associated with that structural problem if that makes sense so we treat the the actual you know functional things if you like you want to call it the range of movement the strength the function you know we give our patients the ability to do normal um, tasks day to day, you know, and progress them to to whatever it is they they want to do. That might be getting back in the gym, getting back to sport. They may have quite an active um, job. So again, whatever that may be, that's what we do as physios. So I think when we think about this shoulder assessment, there is a big difference between your ability to find a diagnosis at the shoulder and your ability to actually find the problems associated with that diagnosis because if we have a strong problem list and a really clear problem list and you understand how to put together a simple but logical step-by-step -step rehab plan then you can make really really good and get really consistent positive patients results with patients with even complex shoulder problems even as a young and inexperienced therapist so talking about special tests and how how poor they are this has been evidenced in, in numerous papers, but one of my favourite ones, is a bit of an old paper now, but back in uh, 2000s, looking at this paper, uh, Callis et al. was looking at the diagnostic values of um, basically special tests at the shoulder for subacromial impingement. And they actually found that by observing a painful arc, that that was more specific by a, a long, long way to diagnose shoulder impingement than you know specific impingement tests like a speeds test, Nears test, and even the Hawkins Kennedy test. I'm sure tests that you've used before with your patient. You think about the painful arc, it's not even a special test. You're just testing your patient's range of movement, which I'm sure you do with all every shoulder patient that you see, and you're just observing where they get pain 
in range. And for a glenohumeral joint problem, that painful arc is typically anywhere between so 80 to, to sort of 120, 130 degrees. With an AC joint problem, that painful arc is typically from sort of 160 to 180 into shoulder flexion or shoulder abduction. So it's not even a special test, but just by observing range of movement, you might actually get more information than um, than, than some of these special tests. So you know, the special tests, like I've just ex explained there, at the shoulder are not particularly that special. So if they're not going to give you that much information, if you can get that information from another test that is much less likely to provoke your patient's symptoms, why are you using them? And I think pro provocation of, of symptoms is really, really important because again, special tests like your Hawkins Tenedy, you know, Nia's empty can, all those type of things are provocative tests. They are going to elicit pain. That's what they are designed to do. So again, if those tests are not going to add anything to the, I guess, to the picture, if they're not going to help you manage a patient in, in a different way, if they're not going to add to your reasoning as to, to what's going on with the patient in front of you, then why are you doing them? And why would you make your patient more sore and probably when they first walked in your clinic room, right before you're going to start trying to get them better, you know, trying to get getting your hands on them and trying to treat them or giving them rehab. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's the most, you know, irrational thing that you probably could do. Because again, if, you know, clearly if you need to do those special tests and you're looking for something specific and you feel like one of the tests is actually going to help you to, to identify what's going on diagnostically or to help you develop that problem list, then go for it. But if it's not going to help you, then then why do them? You, you don't have to do special tests with the shoulder or indeed for, for any particular injury it's not a you know a, a non-negotiable you have to with any objective assessment you have to do a special test that's not that's not what we do as physios we need to clinically reason about each and every test we do in the same way that we reason behind each and every question that we ask in the subjective assessment rather than just rattling through a series of questions and not really knowing what you're asking you obviously need to know what you're asking the common answers you're going to get and obviously any follow-up questions that you might need to ask. And the same goes for your objective assessment. You know, using simple things like your shoulder range of movement testing might give you all the information you need. And you might not need to rely on those shoulder special tests that, you know, to, to identify what's going on with your patient and to make sense of their, their problem and their symptoms. Now, I, I talk about all the time as, as a new grad. You, know, you don't need to do anything too complex all the new grads i speak to typically they're always looking for you know that sort of magic bullet and magic test or exercise or technique and if you want to find those you know go and look on instagram you'll find loads of people telling you all these brilliant and wonderful things but um those things are great and those are the the shiny bits um the cherry on the cake but the cake itself is is doing the the basic things brilliantly that's doing a basic subjective objective and being able to actually plan a rehab plan from start to finish you know well you know understanding what is included um in those you know, components in your subjective in your objective and how to put together that step by step rehab plan and this all starts with having a simple assessment structure um it's something that i think so so important particularly subjective something we overlook i think all the time as new grad physios and it's that's why it's that's the first module that anyone joining my new grad physio membership 
um, will will complete. And it's the reason I am starting next week's um, online courses, both the lower limb and upper limb online courses, with a section on the subjective um, assessment because. I know I I don't want to put every every penny that I own on the fact that if you're struggling with shoulder pain patients, it's because you're not able to make sense of what's going on during the assessment. Often, you're probably overcomplicating what you're doing in your patient assessment. A combination of the subjective and the objective, or or potentially both. You're just not able to take the results of what you're finding in your patient assessments and then actually put that into practice. So what I mean by put into practice, I mean be able to take the information you found from your patient assessments and then actually be able to plan a simple rehab plan. Know where to start with your rehab, then how to progress that rehab, how to then progress the higher end rehab to allow your patient to be discharged and give them the green light to go back into whatever activity, whatever sport, whatever occupation it is they want to go back to. You know, those magic tests, the magic bullets, whatever you want to call them, those tests, techniques, rehab exercises, no, they don't exist unfortunately. And there's no such thing test techniques, you know, exercises that are going to fix every shoulder patient that walks through your door. If you do find one of those, um, please tell me because I would like to know. But the reality is, you know, these type of things just don't exist. And I know the shoulder can feel pretty daunting. I know that it's, like I said, right at the start, at the top of this episode, that it's the joint where so many therapists, so many new guys really, really struggle with. And that's why I've put so much content out in the past around around the shoulder. And it's why I'm using a shoulder pain case study on next week's upper limb online course. So if you want to see how this all works in, in real life, I've got some clips on the online um, course from my in-person, so live event I did last month for the very first time, you'll see the exact structure that I use to subjectively and objectively um, assess an upper limb pain patient. And I'm going to show you a case study to show you how this works in real life. Then what you're going to see is how I structure a rehab program for a shoulder or any other upper limb patient i'll walk you through step by step what early middle and end stage rehab looks like how you know that your patient is ready to progress when you might need to regress them ultimately how you get them from a to b how do you get a a patient with shoulder pain or any other upper limb problem which includes the neck from a to b from injury and back to full health so if you want to join me uh, i'm holding my upper limb course it's happening in the afternoon of um, Saturday the 27th of May 2023 1pm till 4pm that is UK time in the morning I'm holding my upper limb online course from 9am till 12pm right now you can attend either course for just £37 or attend both courses for just £49. I'll put the link to the courses in the show notes. But again, if you check out any of my social channels, you'll find some posts and the link in my bio to um, take a look to, to find out more about the course and to secure 
your seat. So that's Saturday, the 27th of May, 2023. I've got my lower limb online course in the morning, 9am till 12pm, and then my upper limb course online in the afternoon, 1pm till 4pm. You'll get a handout, which will include the presentation slides, you'll get a CPD certificate, you'll have the opportunity to ask any questions live on the event. It's got everything you need to know, assessments, treatments, rehab to help you better manage the lower and upper limb patients that you see. As always, if you do have any questions, you want to know anything about the course or anything else, then please don't hesitate to, to get in contact with me. Send me an email, andy at newgraphphysio.com or reach out to me on any of my social media channels. As always, really appreciate sorry your time and attention listening to the podcast and for joining me on this week's episode. I hope you have a great day, whatever else you have got planned, and I'll speak to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The Five Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.